started, we had to go to a venue. We didn't know that there, were, there was another event there. We took the person's food and catered for the other party. And, you know, they were surprised. Like, who brought us? The food is nice. And we said, they not said, no, sorry, oh, you are at the wrong party. And we had gone halfway. This is Business Fever NG Podcast, Episode 6. This is a podcast where successful food entrepreneurs in Nigeria share the success stories of how they built their brand and the lessons they learned along the way. Welcome to the show. Our guest today is Chef Ete. And I'm your host, Olivier from Barbecue Creative. So thank you for coming on the show today. We really appreciate okay. you taking the time out and we're hoping that um, with your vast knowledge of experience, you can share your insights of what you've learned along the lines and how you built your brand. So my first question to you is, can you please introduce yourself, tell us your background and how old the brand is? My name is Ete Assam, popular known as Chef Ete. I've, I've been a barbecue chef for the past 18 years, but I've been a professional barbecue chef for 14 years now. I started the business 2001 when I was still in the university, my third year in the university. And um, after school, I decided to take the business to another level by registering it and then taking some online courses abroad. Has this been your only job? Yeah, this is what I've, I've never worked for anybody before. This is what I've been doing for the past 18 years. Wow. So how was that? I mean, how was that telling your parents that you were going to go to school and then you'll be you'll be flipping burgers or barbecue? Sure, um, well, it it started like a, like a hobby. Apparently, it was when universities were on strike and um, you know we were just sitting at home for the long strike. Those, those strikes we had for six months, eight months. So I attended. Um, University of Calabar, but I, I grew up in Lagos. So every time there was strike, so I was at home, different, my guys from different universities would just come and sit down and um, just talk about the economy, talk about Nigeria as a whole, talk about school and everything. But I had this friend that we always converge in her house, but little did I know that her brother had interest in me. Apparently it was the brother who introduced me into the barbecue world into the grilling world he took interest in me and asked me some questions and asked me if i was interested as, as i then i wasn't too because um apparently i was just looking at having a future after school you know after studying you know go for nyc get a good job it never crossed my mind that i would be doing what i'm doing today because I just wanted money. He wanted me to, he just wanted to introduce it to me if I could assist him. But when we got to, along the line, because he had a stand at the NYSC company, Baja, and he just wanted an assistant, like a bar back. So I was like the kitchen assistant. So where we started, he told me that I was going to do the grilling. I had never grilled before. Apparently, I was just grilling maybe two or three, but never done industrial grilling. But from there, after three weeks of intense grilling, you know, I became like a like an amateur pro, hmm. you know. And um, I I took the interest, you know. And um, when I came back to school, I started grilling in my hostel. I had a joint where people would come, and you know. 
But then he taught me only chicken. But as I, time went on, you know, and someone I used to grill for parties, you know, people's parties. So I met this guy who introduced me to his father. His father took interest in me and said, look, do I know that there's more to grilling than what I am doing? And I said, sir, I don't understand. Then he gave me his my first barbecue book, which opened my eyes to see that there were a lot of things I could grill apart from chicken. Wow. That's where I took it up, and today it's another story. In time. It is a bigger story now. It's a bigger yeah. story now. So the beginning days, like, do you remember how much it cost you to set up like the grill? Like, ah, well, funny enough, I, when I tell people that I started grilling with two thousand five hundred, <laughs> two thousand five hundred, yeah, what year was a this? Of, a carton of chicken at two thousand and one was two thousand naira. Then charcoal and every other thing. I had to get together was like 500 naira. How about the equipment? The grills? Uh, I mean... You know, the grill was not something too big then. You know, just get a drum. I had a friend who used to do Sunday Sunday grilling. So I used to rent his drum for like 100 naira for events. Wow. 100 naira? Yes, 100 naira. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. And 2001, like, this is before it became, like, hip at all, man. You know, you were yes, probably yes. just, at that point, I'm pretty sure they would just get someone, they would, they would supply the meat and say, oh, yeah, come on, do the grilling for us. So were you doing, like, were you supplying the meat and chicken then, or you were just going to events with well, the grill? Well, you know, then, you know, like, it was a new thing to me. So, and, it, you know, it was like an income coming in for me in school, like an extra income. So I either supply. Okay. And there was no point in time you had a nine to five where you had to like dress up to go to work. And then... No, 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 never, never. Well, you see, like I tell people, you know, the issues that my training days were in school. So I had something else. I used to just do this for the weekends, you know, when, you know, like, you know, it's just a culture we don't have in Nigeria where students go to school and work. That's true. You know, we don't have it here because everybody feels if you have to be in school, you have to concentrate and finish. And, you know, but then it was like school. I was a student and a worker at the same time. After school, I had a joint that could go to, you know, just students in the hostel. I just grill in the evenings and they pay me, you know, they come to buy chicken and chips. You know, so I've never thought of nine to five before because I looked at it like, less. yes, I had my training days. There were times like months, you know, like and you see in Calabar, we have this, I don't know whose weather, like the England weather, where it's sunny now in the, the next moment is raining. And, you know, because it's the monsoon area, so we have lots of rainy season than dry season. So, you know, all those times, you when you have too much rain, people don't come out to patronize you like that. That's true. And you hardly have parties like that, you know. And those days, you know, was not like now that everybody's aware of what is happening. Those days, it was just like, ah, what is this? You know, oh, no, we'll stick to our frying of meat or <laughs> yeah. anything, but not thinking of barbecue as the way it is now. Yes, yeah. When did you? When would you say you had that moment where you said this can be a full time thing? Because again, while okay, you're in that school, that was my final year in school. What was that moment? I, uh, what first happened? First of all, I didn't go for. I, that was the year I took the initiative. That okay, still, this is how it's going to be. You know, I've been listening to people like we talk. You know, and everybody's saying there's no job, there's no job, there's no job. And I sort of looked at it. I look, this is what I have as art now. 
Why not make the best out of it? Why not take it to the next level? Why leave what I know and I've been doing for the past seven years and as that the time, you know, you know, because our old school were like hot strike resume. So the courses where we're supposed to do for four years was extended to like seven years. So, you know, I was looking at why finish school and start looking for a job when I can take this to the next level. Okay. And you know, when I started doing barbecue, we had a, we had we had very few event planners. I could think of um, eventful and sapphire. But since I was not in Lagos, so I had to rough myself down in Calabar to get to the level and build the brand to the level I am now. So you built the brand first in Calabar before you Lagos? Or... Yes, yes, I did. Yes, I did. Okay. I'd worked for the government before for them for the carnival, Calabar Carnival, um, the Green Room. I was um, the barbecue caterer behind the green room and that was where i met the likes of acorn Fatu, wow Clef and the rest wow okay what's your typical work day like ah my typical work day well like what i learned in business school when you when you when you give out your card you have signed your life to the to your client so <laughs> i would say i have a typical work day because a client can call me now and he has a party for 12 midnight. I should be ready to give them something if I have. You know, so my typical work day, I would say, well, give or take five or six hours grilling. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Do you have any off days? Any days that you don't work? No, we don't have any of these. <laughs> we, we never have any of these. Are you a full caterer? Like, or you have a joint? Yes, I'm a full caterer. No, okay. we don't have a joint. Okay. We just do catering for now. But are there jobs on Mondays and Tuesdays? I'm thinking closer to the weekends. Well, not really. But you know, you have this pocket of I'm having a home party. We just need we need us. We need grills for like 20 or 30 people. You know, not really the heavy catering. Okay. But weekends, yes. What steps have you taken to make sure the brand is relevant and very competitive in the market space you know because now i mean everyone's a barbecue you know pit master whatever you want to call them but you're still very active and you, you're so i guess my question is what do you what would you say has been your strength and what have you done to build the well brand? basically i tell people well you know when people ask me um in this market you have lots of competitors i tell them no i don't i have colleagues you know why because you see you could have 10 chefs and give them the same ingredients and they come up with different type of food, you know, the same ingredients, but the taste are different. You know, over time, I have um, really, you know, done online courses, follow up mentors, you know, in the grilling world, you know, bought books, you know, I, like recently this year, I've bought about um, 12 books. From different pit masters and grill masters, you know, hoping to see them next year when I go for the barbecue fest in Texas. You okay. know, I'm, I read a lot. I you know I try a lot. I when I, I have books on spices, you know, I I experiment, you know, and you know too, what people don't understand that you see the 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 culture over there is different from ours. They like sweet things. We like spicy things, you know. So. 
I try to give them a blend of sweet and spicy together. That's fantastic. How do you, would you say your business has evolved since you started? So again, you said you were doing chicken initially, then you moved on, moved on to fish. Yes. But I see you also doing small chops as well too. So like, can you just tell us the transition the business has has gone okay, through? Okay, the small chops issue came when someone from Lagos came down to Calabar to have an event. Apparently, he was supposed to be the event planner for the governor's ball. So it was like the go- the governor's the theme for the governor's ball was the grill night, but they didn't want to go into the grill immediately. They wanted something like things that they go nibble on, like, you know, the canips, just like what they wanted small chops, you know? So we looked at it like, oh, we don't do small chops. And they asked us why. They said, because um, we do grills, we make sure we, everything comes from the fire. I said, no, that we could just start something. And that was how my wife and I sat down, you know, and I looked at it and I said, okay, yes, we could just inculcate this into our business because we do grills. And so the small chops, instead of frying the meat, we grill. So that was how the birth of the small chops came about. And um, my wife had to pay for training. She got a good child who taught her how to do small chops. Then she does the small chops. I do the grill. So we complement each other. Are you guys partners in, in, in Shepherdy Brand or she has her own business? Well, for now, she's like my partner. But she's coming up with her own brand called One Bites. She wants to face small chops aspect okay. on okay. her own yeah what else have you also done brand wise because so you have small chops i know you do all kinds of grill we've done i've seen your whole chicken i've seen your um mackerel fish so like um at what point were you introducing these items was it because you felt it was the next evolution of the brand or customers usually demanded you to provide a yeah new one thing one thing we do we listen to customers feedback you know Lots of people will come and tell you, ah, why not bring up this? We don't eat this. We don't want that. But we like what you do, you know. Um, I'm not a, I'm not a chicken person like that because I'm not a chicken person. Can't we have fish? And we just looked at it. Okay, let's introduce these things and see how our customers will react to them. And we found out that, you know, our strength was our chicken. But since they believe our product, anything we give them. Yeah. Yeah readily and happily waiting to taste them. That's good. Where do you see your brand in the next five to five years? Oh, wow. Where do I see my brand in the next five years? Well, like I tell people, I am local, but I think global. I see my brand in the next five years competing in the brotherhood of the grills, you know. Right now, I am planning to have my own, write my own book and have my own TV show. Good. That's so, why I see my brand in the next five years. Book would be like a grilling book or like an autobiography. Or... Yes. No. 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 Well mixed. Yes. Okay. Autobiography and because the title, if you if you have noticed, I've been hashtagging meat and grill with Chefete. That will be the name of the book and the name of the series on TV, where I go from different countries, I meet people, and we grill. You know. That's good. What has been the most challenging experience you've had doing ah, this business? Most challenging experience. Most challenging experience. Trying to convince our clients <laughs> that we, we are different from other people. Because you see, what people think is about grilling is that, oh, it has to be pepper, salt, and just straight on the fire. Now, why are you going to charge me this kind of money? And I tell them, look, it goes beyond that. You are paying for our expertise. 
paying for the spices that you really can find on the market. Even if you see them, you don't know them. It's only us that know why we use this kind of places. Like, you know, so it's over time, you know, and um, at my early years of grilling, you know, it was very hard to convince people that, look, you can actually have grilling for parties. They were looking at it like, oh, no, 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 no. That it's like, um, how it should be like a side thing. But now, thank God for social media, thank God for technology. People are now seeing that you can have them as meals. Those days, who talk of hamburgers? Nobody wants to eat hamburger now. That's Nobody true. wants to eat hot dog. Everybody wants to eat something like rice and fried rice. It was fried rice, meat pie, yes. It was meat pie, sausages, you know, egg roll. Nobody was talking of burgers now, but now everything evolution the, the palate has, has exactly has evolved you know? and then there's yeah, been more has, information has on and sure. everybody is now having the craving for something new you know yeah what's the worst entrepreneur moment you've had the worst moment was when i switched someone's catering date for another person i mean i got to the venue and it was not that date <laughs> And when I called the person, the person told me it was the week, the next week, not that day. Oh, wow. I mean, it was terrible. And another one was where we had to go to a venue. We didn't know that there, were, there was another event there. We took the person's food and catered for the other party. Oh, my goodness. The friend that, <laughs> <laughs> the that we were at the wrong party, we at the wrong event. Hold on. Are you <laughs> served them the food? Pardon? Did you guys serve them the food? The wrong guest? Yes, we did. We did. We did. We did. <laughs> how do you bounce back from that? Like, who brought up? The food is nice. And he said, they not said, no, sorry, you are at the wrong party. And we had gone halfway. So we had to pack the remaining, you know, had to rush down to the next venue. Wow. But luckily for us, the, the uh, client understood and... Um, Okay, but this is like early stages, or this is like how early was this? Like how long ago was this? Um, no, 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 not the early stages. Like like five years, five years ago. Oh wow! Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay, that's pretty wow. What do you think is challenging for like food entrepreneurs? A lot of there, are, there are lots of challenges. First, light, you know. Because you see, for the kind of thing we do, we need storage, you know. Light has not been fair to us, you know. The government with tax and everything coming to play. Now, you now try to get a job and event planners tend to twat you because you're not giving her um, finders fee, you know. (laughs) The whole issue is like Nigeria is just a coerced place to do business. Very because tough. it's not smooth. Yes. You know, lots of things come in. Tax people are coming to disturb you. Even when they're not selling, they're trying to convince a, a client that, okay, this is what it's going to be. The client is telling that you're too expensive. Why are you charging all this amount for food? You know? They prefer to buy foreign drinks than buy your own food. True. True. How do you deal with the... The politics you have to play with some event planners. But you see, luckily for me, the event planners I've worked with have been people who respect my brand because, first of all, um, I was not trying to um, sell myself to them. Thank God for GT Food Fest, you know. 
have given me that platform for them to taste it on their own. So they know what they are going for. They know what they want for their clients. So when it comes to that level, none of them has actually asked me for finder's fee. But not, very few of them want to use me because they know, they look at me like a principled person who would not want to, you know, budge or bow down to any of the terms. Okay. Well, how do you treat, let's call it recipes, you know, um, I'm sure you have a lot of secret items you make. Do you share yeah. that with your entire staff or you kind of still keep it? Totally no, 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 no. Um, my staffs, yes. But, um, because, like I said, like, I want to have a TV show and I want to write a book and like a, a biography stroke, a cook, um, a barbecue book. So now I'm looking at canning my my own recipes. So my staffs know to a level then the secret of the secret of the secret recipe <laughs> lies with the shifu. I hear you. <laughs> yeah. I used to, so my story is a bit different. I used to kind of keep everything secret, but now I think all my staff know everything and I'm not really worried about that. No, 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 no. I've never been worried, you know, because you see, it takes a lot for a plant to germinate. It doesn't take only water. It takes the sun. It takes good soil, you know. So your staff might just have the water level. You know, like I tell people, it's not all about, they know my, they know, I really, I don't have any secret recipe because they see me mix, you know, they ask me questions and I tell them because, you know, you need to lay down for people to continue. You understand? You need to spread the knowledge you have so that you don't die with it. You don't go to the grave with it. So they know, but you see, one thing is knowing, one thing is having the passion. Even understanding. That's it. That is the passion that brings understanding. Okay. Yeah. Because when you have the passion, you want to know more. You want to know why is this coming first? Because I tell them, look, this is, is about precision. If you put the pepper before the garlic, it has a different taste. If you put the ginger before the garlic, it has a different taste. So oh, wow. I written precision. Is that technical? Yes. What advice would you give someone who wants to start up right now? Okay, my advice for the People who want to become pit masters and dream masters is that first of all, first of all, you must love what you do. You must eat, drink, barbecue. You understand? You must not see it as a job, but you must see it as a lifestyle. You know, for you to enjoy it. Because you see, like one day my staff and I we sat down and my staff asked me, Oga, how many chicken have you killed? Have you have you grilled in your whole lifetime? I said, maybe like um, 600K. He said, what? Okay, it's small, Joe. Me, myself, since I've been working with you, I guess I have grilled 600K. And I said, oh, okay. You know, it wasn't easy at first, you know, but over time, I just kept on reinventing myself. I just kept on, you know, adding things, subtracting some things, you know, just kept on trying things out and you know because it's an adventure you can never let the grilling world to the end new things come out you know like the one day we had to buy a rabbit you know trying to see the taste of how rabbit tastes you know wow. we had done different things <laughs> we had done different things before we had tried grilling still you know how was that probably getting very dried up right i think i tried that once yeah, as well no no that one got dried and very cranky yeah i i think i tried you that know, chewy you know it became like robbery you know we yeah. tried you know 
now we now knew through the snail, we now knew how to do seafood, you know, that you don't keep the, the prawns too long on the fire because they become rubbery, you know. Yeah. And you know, when you are marinating seafood, you when you use your lime, you don't keep it that long because it starts cooking on its own. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so the adventure has been fun, you know, because you start to learn things, you know. There was one time we used wet garlic and ginger on a steak. By the time we brought out the steak, the garlic and ginger had broken it down. The, the, the meat started tearing off oh, before wow. cooking. Wow. You know? Okay. So, with all those experiences, it's like a journey that can never end. That's true. What advice would you give your young self? If you can go well, like back I said, 20 years. They should have a passion for what they want to do first, you know? Love barbecue. Embrace it. Let it be like your girlfriend you want to nurture. And you know, you cannot know your girlfriend or you cannot, you cannot know your wife. You cannot know them all. So as things continue to appear to you, as things continue to show up, you now have, you know, because you see, it's going to be, like I tell the younger ones who learn under me, like, look, it's going to be tough. Because, you know, trying to convince people that, look, you can actually handle their event is is going to be really tough because it took me like um, seven to eight years for someone to really say, okay, yes, this guy has come of age, even though they know me, you know. What's the largest crowd size you can serve in one day? I have done one five. A thousand oh, yes. five? Do, yes, one thousand five crowd. It was a picnic. It was a church picnic in Portacot. How many staff did you have to hire for that? Um, for yeah, for yeah, nice one. That was you see, like I said, it was those are my trying days. We were like four on the grill, and we were like six, and I had another six people serving. Let me tell you the truth, it was overwhelming. We had to run. <laughs> <laughs> the crowd was killing. We had to run, you know. But with that, I learned how to to uh, I learned the crowd management. I I, I learned how to manage people of that magnitude. That's why even when I come to bigger festival, food festivals, I know how it goes because I have been there before, before yeah. such things. Yeah. Yeah. I, you do a lot of events in Lagos and I'm like, I don't even know yes. how you do it. And I, again, it's, you're professional, so this is this is your field. But um, yes. it's always, I'm always impressed how, you know, the guys on the grills and you guys are just churning out things left and right like that. So it's, but it takes a lot of preparation though. So like, um, it does. What's your staff strength like when you're out at events for the most part? Do you have any okay, my staff strength, like what well, because I have trained those boys over the years, one of my staff have hand three grills at the same time. You know, so all I need is like that's why when I come to Lagos or when I have a big event, I don't have ad hoc staffs behind my grill. I prefer to take my boys and have ad hoc staff to serve for me. Because wow. with that, I know the boys are like Spartans, you know. This is what they do for a living. So, so when you have events in Lagos, you bring your guys from Calabar to Lagos? Yes, I bring them from Calabar. Wow. Okay. And how many So how many full-time staff do you have then? Um, I have six. What advice would you give your young self? Like if you could go back 25 years or how? Ah, my young self. Uh, um, my young self would have been get a mentor, listen to 
what my elders were telling me those days. You know, if what I know now, I knew then, I would have been a billionaire. You've grown, you know, seeing yourself back then, you would have done more for yourself, you know. I would have done more for myself, reading books, you know, listening to people, listening to mentors, you know. Can you recommend a book? Um, it can be a barbecue book. Barbecue Championship by Paul Keck. That is the grandmaster of barbecue, Paul Keck. Like Keck Franklin, Paul Keck. Okay. Yeah. What would you say is the most valuable experience you have learned so far? Well, like I said, we don't have... Um, like my mentor will always say, the guy who taught me barbecue, that we don't have bad students, we just have bad teachers. Fair enough. Well, the guy who taught me, taught me well. He gave me a recipe that can never go wrong, even if I don't want to add all what I've learned now. That's, it was just a simple recipe that I could use for anything poultry and to work. Mm. You know, and it was the local things. We got the things from the local market. All right, boss. Thanks a lot for your time. I really Thank appreciate you, it. Okay. No, I appreciate it. Thank you. If you like our show and you want to know more, please check out businessfeverng.com, share the link with your friends, leave us a review on iTunes, join us again on Monday and on Thursday for a new podcast. Thank you.